Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. The price you paid for my life God's perfect sacrifice Sufficient for me The blood of God to atone My sin you made your own You have sent me you alone have risen, you alone have saved us, you alone have rescued us from the grave. Glorious, you reign now, all creation cries out, you alone are king, you alone. Good Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. First part of the show is what we attempt to do is to share with you what we're attempting to do and who actually pays for it. Uh, Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul's Southwest Idaho's uh, program here in the uh, Treasure Valley. What we attempt to do is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out of incarceration and survive on parole. We do that in several different ways, but one of them certainly is this radio show. Actually, believe it or not, we've been doing this for almost five years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, you can look under Victory Over Sin and find all the shows that we've taped over that period of time. Uh, We've had politicians on there. We've had people just out of incarceration come into the uh, studio and talk with us. We've had people who are going right back into the system talk to us just before they went back in. I think we've had every person who's been the chairman or the the executive director of IDOC has been on here several times. We've had state politicians. We've had some national politicians. Basically, if somebody is wanting to support people out of incarceration, we'd like to think they've been on the show. So if you're trying to find out about the Department of Corrections and how it works here in Idaho, it's a good body of work to look up and to research if you would like to, and we would encourage you to do that. In addition to that, we also, pre-COVID, have a presentation that we'll bring out to your workplace or to your church or to your business group, whatever, and we will do a 20-minute PowerPoint presentation about life after incarceration. The great thing about this is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves, so they will present the PowerPoint and be there to answer questions about what life is like after incarceration. Uh, Hopefully this COVID thing will be over at some point in time, and we will be back in a situation where we can start those again. We look forward to that. Uh, If you've been listening to me over the years, you know that this year certainly we've made major changes in the approach that we, how we uh, greet and work with people out of incarceration. We divided our office up into two different locations now. Uh, The main one for greeting people that first day out is on Overland Road at 3217 West Overland Road. And that office is open from 9 a.m. to noon. Uh, What we're looking for there is as you get out of incarceration, we'd like that to be your first stop. Come by, we'll get you a voucher for some clothes. We'll link you up with resources that will help you uh, those first couple of days and walk you through that. If you also need a ride from incarceration and you're out there in the desert listening to me, have your program manager, have your case manager send me an email and we'll be happy to pick you up and kind of take you where you need to go. In addition to that, this year we also expanded into an office that's located in Caldwell and it's actually located in District 3's probation and parole office. So as you go in to check in to uh, your parole officer, your probation officer over in in uh, Caldwell, you can actually go into my office there too. And we're at that office from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. So it's a real nice event there. 
uh, I am over there on Thursday afternoons usually to kind of check on things. So that's a good atmosphere for you to check in with too on that first day out in addition to that. But again, another good place to start is to go to www.svdpid.org and you'll find out all about reentry and what we're attempting to do. Generally speaking, after you've gone through those first couple of days, what we've done is take the other programs that we've had before at other locations and move those down to Fairview. So if you're looking for a job, we've got an employment person there. If you're looking for some support with addiction, we've got a great program funded by the Department of Health and Welfare that we call Recon that matches you with a recovery coach for a six-month period. And that's a great program. That's available to you also. So there's all sorts of exciting things happening uh, certainly into 2022. Keep us in mind as you're looking to get some support for uh, life after incarceration. I've got an exciting show planned for you today with some people that used to be our neighbors and when we were over on Emerald, and we'll be right back to start that in just a second. The Idaho Justice Project is a new statewide nonpartisan organization to improve Idaho's justice system. Idaho has the third highest rate of people under corrective control in the entire country. Idaho's jails and prison are beyond capacity, but most are there for nonviolent crimes like drug addiction or probation and parole violations. The Idaho Department of Corrections spent over $309 million in 2020. 37% of people released from prison in 2016 reoffended within three years. 62% of Idaho's yearly prison admissions are for a probation or parole violation, the highest rate in the country. The average probation term in Idaho has grown by 109% since 2000. As of June 30, 2020, there were over 17,000 Idahoans on probation or parole. One out of every 38 adults is on probation in Idaho. For more information on how you can help and get involved with the Idaho Justice Project, go to 3217 West Overland Road, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon, and ask for Mark. Okay, we're back. This is the uh, second part of what we talked about last week. We were talking about with reentry specialists from the Department of Corrections. We've got Ryan, oh, do I do pronounce your last name right? Hurtling? Hurtling. Hurtling, okay. Yep. And Herman Robles. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it took me uh, six months to pronounce Herman, the correct way, but I uh, finally ended up doing it. So <laughs> welcome back, guys. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Last week, we talked about your role in terms of as we were neighbors. Uh, we worked together, and that's kind of split. We're now trying to work out the process of you being reentry specialists at the office over there, uh, the main office of pardons and parole. I'm over a, a parole office on, um, where is it? It's Emerald. on Emerald. Yep. And uh, now we're across the, a little bit across the city on Overland, but that's we're attempting to make that work, so welcome back. Thank you. One of the things we talked about Thank last time is we finished up, but let's do a little bit more on mental health. We were talking about other places. One of my go-to places, I was going to say, was Pathways, which is, um, you guys utilize that that as an, as an agency, too, in terms of a kind of a cooling-off spot? Yeah, yeah. If they need it, the client's coming down, uh, they need a, somewhere to go, safe. It's, it's where we send them. And then it's also like a... Uh, transition spot if they were looking to go to Allenbaugh they can go there and then kind of transition in there is that something that you're doing yeah absolutely um, depending on the need and yeah. and depending on uh, you know the recommendations coming out of pathways yeah okay and so and uh, so like I said we, that's what we talked about towards the end of last week and I wanted to make sure that that was clear but let's talk about some of the people that we share back and forth I know that uh, a lot of times I will not know an answer to somebody and 
it's great to be able to pick up the phone and you guys get answers. Usually it's around housing or around where they're actually going to go. Geo is the new picture in town, and how's that working out with you guys for terms of uh, they're paying for housing and being supportive? How's Geo working out from your guys' perspective? You know, uh, Geo uh, is doing a great job, but I don't, uh, from my perspective, they haven't really affected uh, what we're doing much. Um, you know, the we know who's available and what beds are available and where, and, um, you know, that's part of what we do is just uh, try and find – um, suitable housing for individuals coming out. And so uh, the things that GEO does, such as making sure houses are safe and appropriate and clean, those types of things, um, doesn't really affect our job, but I'm glad that they're doing it. Yeah. it uh, isn't it, though, wasn't it, the design of the RFP was that GEO was going to take the people away from parole agents that were, they were having difficulty with, they didn't have enough time to devote attention to, is that still the case? Does Geo take on those cases and they go down and work with them? Is that yeah? Is that your understanding? Yeah, the appeals refer them, and you know, they'll and they refer them for. Uh, let's say I'm a I'm a difficult case and I'm not listening to my PO. Then you're going to go to Geo and talk, take some cognitive classes, et cetera. Is that your is that the way you see it, or am I got that wrong? Do I have that? I wrong? think um, the idea is that uh, if somebody's really struggling on their parole and. Um, Things are not working. They're going down the wrong road with their with their parole officers. That uh, Geo is able to step in and kind of be the last option for somebody um, to where they can get services and classes and things that they need at one location. And um, and Geo has um, they're able to hold those individuals accountable through their programming. Yeah, and I think it's more of a is the my from my perspective it's more of a cognitive based class kind of thing and more than more of a individual it's more of a we're going to take you into this class a lot like another agency like what used to be recovery for life or those kinds of programs those programs are now down at geos correct correct okay yeah evidence-based evidence-based practice mm-hmm. yeah so and that's the kind of stuff they're doing and that's and that is what they are known to do within um because they're a huge corporation that's the stuff that did they're geared to do. Does that make sense? Yep. That's what they do. And so the housing stuff was just like an extra thing that was making it work long term for the department in terms of streamlining the payments and stuff. And in theory, making the different tiers. Yeah. The different tiers and making sure that the quality of places that uh, men and women are going to live are up to a higher standard. Correct. Exactly. That's exactly what it was for. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you had one of our staff for a while. You had uh, Cindy Real in there working in your office. What was that like? Oh, we, we love Cindy. Back. She's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Cindy's really on top of her stuff and uh, really great to work with. And she, clients love her. And um, <coughs> everybody that I ever uh, referred over to her to help uh, find a job, they ended up with more than a job. It was more gainful employment than just another job. Yeah, we've got her back now, and she's now working out of the Fairview office, and she's spending one day a week over in um, Canyon. We just did a, for a year-end kind of situation, I took one of her clients who had, she had gotten a job out at uh, Chris Reeve Knives, is that what it is? It's, uh, it's out on Amity. And we went out and filmed him at work, and he gave all credit to, to Cindy. It was really a nice kind of situation where that's all he could talk about was how you went in, you went in, you went in, and Cindy kept helping him. So... It's those kinds of stories that make sort of 
my day easier when you see those types of things. It seems like you're always dealing with problems and problems and problems. Right. Are there p- situations like that that you've been involved with? Like each of you, maybe give me an example of something where you know you've worked and the work that you do has turned something around. Yeah, something? Abs- absolutely. I think um, we both wish, and Herman can speak to this, but I'm sure we both wish we we had more success stories or that we at least got the feedback um, from success. But I know um, I can think of um, many individuals, but one really sticks out in my mind. This, this uh, individual um, had somewhat of a celebrity career uh, prior to incarceration. And um, over time uh, with substance abuse and, and frankly, uh, some traumatic events happening, um, you know, developed some mental health problems. And uh, after release, um, this individual just really, really struggled with those things and and understanding that, um, you know, life was going to look different than it used to. And uh, so I, I've worked with uh, worked with him for over two years now. And, um, you know, he's just doing better than he just gets a little bit better every day. And pretty soon he's going to be off parole and um, reuniting with his with his family in another state. So. To me, that's that's a success. That's a major success. Yeah, that is. A, I think it's a real hard um, piece because as I've watched, I've been out eleven years now. So I've watched a couple of friends of mine who, like you say, they were in this real prestigious position. They had everything they really wanted. They had a wife and kids, and they blew it in terms of making a thing. And then thinking that they are going into the system and they could be the same person, they could act the same way. Oh, this will just go away. They'll do a rider and they'll just get off. And I'm thinking of one individual who the rider, he, the rider, they told him, "Hey, do the time, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter that you completed the rider." That's a real humbling experience, isn't that? Or do you see that? I see that more and more that people aren't being responsible in terms of owning up to what you did and admitting that, and then going forward. Is that something a, a theme that you would see, or is that something you've seen? I don't know if that's a theme that I've seen, but um, I definitely, I strongly feel that uh, a person who can do that can own it and um, understand um, themselves and where they're coming from. They're going to have a lot stronger um, life moving forward and they may move at a faster pace than somebody else. So I think, I think that piece for, for somebody uh, coming out is really, really important. Yeah, I do. Well, so you're talking to me on a Christian radio station. So I used to kind of downplay it a little bit of it. But I think in some ways, um, coming to grips with what you've certainly done, developing a relationship. I mean, so you're talking to me on a, you're on a Christian radio station, talking to a relationship with Jesus Christ that will allow you to have that peace in your heart to go forward makes you always will make you a success on Pearl and it'll deal with your addiction. And I, like I said, I think in the last four or five years, I've come stronger to articulate that it's not as popular with what people want to hear, but it is something that's just a very real situation as you're coming out. It kind of works together with the fact that you just really have to face what you're afraid of and come to grips with who you are. And that's really hard for people to do in society. And it becomes even harder when you're on parole and you've seen your life kind of fade away. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would imagine that would be, that would be very, very difficult. I met all these guys that, when I was in prison, all these guys that said they were so successful and drove this car and drove that car and had buckets of money buried in the backyard. And then 
you know, I see them at the same food bank that I'm standing at waiting to get food. And so, you know, you wonder where the car went. <laughs> the friends took it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a situation that you can think of in terms of Hernan with a client or particular? Uh, success stories. I mean, we, we have plenty. There's one gentleman I can recall. I actually saw him a couple, actually a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was, he was incarcerated for over 30 years and, uh, he's been, you know, he came to us initially. He, he, uh, got services from one of our reentry specialists. She worked with him, uh, you know, almost every day he would go to the office and, and just discuss the crisis he's going through and just going to the, you go into the you know the day in day out, day out stuff. Uh, so, um, you know we 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 got him as much as we can. Eventually, he he was on his own. You know he been on his own. And uh, when I talked to him uh, a couple weeks ago, he he was driving his car and he said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing well. Just let so and so know that I'm I'm doing it and I'm going to get off parole soon." And you know that things like that make me feel like you know it's accomplished, especially after being down for thirty thirty plus years. I mean, this gentleman, years. yeah, you know, he's up in age, but he's living life. So that's uh, it's very it's very rewarding. Are those uh, tell me what you do when um, things don't go well? What are are as a way that you guys help process that? Because we do work with a population that isn't successful as much as we would like it to be. How do you deal with that, and what do you do with that as that goes forward? Is there a method in your head that you process or as long as i know i did everything i can to help that individual and um then the rest is up to them and um but i need to be able to know for myself that i did everything that i know how to do and that i can to help that person and and if uh if they're not successful then um that was their choice yep yeah is that the same with you yeah same i mean give them all the tools all the resources and you know, they'd say I'm, I'm a parent. You know, as a kid, as as a kid, you know, you want them to to uh, you you fall, you get up, dust yourself, and keep going. Yeah. Don't don't give up. You yeah. know, because yeah, you're gonna get arrested, go to county for a little bit, and learn from that mistake. Don't mess up. You know, continue fighting for for you know to be free. Yeah, I think for, in some ways, um, you get to where I can I get to where you can almost see an attitude when it comes back in that, well, I'm gonna give you what I can give you right now, but I can see that this isn't something you've got down yet. And so in my mind, I'm thinking if, well, if you take that path, I'm not going to support you and I'll pick you up the next time you get right. back out. Right. Uh, and it, and that's really your choice. That's something that I have to, I struggle with to come to grips with. It's like, I, if you go that way, you're going to go that way. And uh, yeah. I wish you luck, but I've got to be able to say to myself, okay, that's, that's what I do. And that's all I can do. Right. And um, that's hard for people to do, especially on my staff. They'll say, oh, let's help him, let's help him. I say, no, you've done what you're supposed to do. Let's let it play out. Does that, that I assume that happens in your office too. I, I think it does. I think that's probably a str- something we struggle with yeah. daily is, is um, are we helping or are we enabling? And, um, you know, I think to do this job, you need to have a, a big heart and an open mind and, Sometimes those two things compete with each other, but, uh, <laughs> but you, yeah, you need to really be aware of, um, if you're helping or enabling. Yeah. I had a, when, uh, towards the end of my time before, um, I got off paper, I was like, my parole officer was a gentleman who was my, 
um, officer in Max for a while. Wow. And he would just sit there and he'd ring his hand and he goes, Mark, you can't find half these people. I don't know where they are. And this is difficult and da-da-da. I think he's since left the department. But it is a difficult thing to attempt to keep up with everybody, I assume. Yeah. And I assume that's why Geo's around, too, to offer them support for those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Geo provides another um, avenue for accountability and, and another set of eyes and ears. Um, and, and, you know, like I mentioned uh, last week, it's it's an opportunity um, for somebody to correct the path that they're going down before they um, recidivate. Or they end up dead or they end up something along those lines. Or something even worse. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's... Uh, all we can really do is to offer that uh, support as they go forward and uh, give them some kind of guidance. And uh, what I try to do is just be a little bit of an example. And if I can be and it works, it doesn't work, then you'll cross paths. It's a broken world out there, and yeah. it's difficult trying to, to make it work. How much of um, do you think if um, – how much do you see people thinking that, that as they come out of this situation, they can control their fate and change um, – not only their fate, but the directions of the department and things like that. I always advocate people to get involved in the system by telling their stories. Do you see that in your office? People willing to do that sort of work, or does that make sense to you? I Unfortunately, no. I, I don't think I do see that very much. I think um, mostly what I see are individuals coming out that are um, <clears throat> timid and, and scared and afraid of what their future looks like, and they feel like they have no control over over their situation. And um, yeah, I think getting involved is a great way for people to learn and give back. And maybe that's part of their own healing process as well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Do you see anything like that where people are willing to do that? Herman or? Actually funny, the funny thing you mentioned, I had a gentleman today um, talk to me about uh, him writing a book about his, you know, reintegration and going to the system and, and uh, you know, i I was telling him, well, that's 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 pretty good. I'm 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 glad you're doing that because you're putting a voice out for for people like yourself. And and I told him, uh, you know, I'll follow up with you and let me see how things how things go with that. So that's that's I've, that's pretty great. That's the first time I'm actually hearing about that. Someone right. writing a book about it. Well, I think it too. You're listening to us right now on the radio. I I cannot stress enough that um, uh, what happened to you in terms of your involvement with the system and how that affected you and what happened. Those story those stories are important. And I think it's powerful for you to come forward and uh, contact me, but sit down and start talking to people, be open about it, be honest about it, and it'll make you certainly feel a little bit better about yourself. And I guarantee it's going to change uh, the way other people look at it. Uh, I always, if you've listened to me over the years, you know that I always say that the, the barista that pours my coffee knows I've been incarcerated and, and I work with people getting out of incarceration and I'm a Christian and I'm real open about it. The more open you are, about your past, the more you share, the more you're going to educate the population that we're involved with now that you're a good community partner and you'll feel better about yourselves and everybody will be educated because, you know, the directors told me, each director, it seems like 98% of the people who live out there south in the desert, they're all getting out. They're all going to be our neighbors. So we might as well start sharing and understanding that um, they're coming in. So let's make it a part of the community and make it easier for you to transition back in. Um, okay, so what in terms of going forward, uh, do you guys interact with uh, Mr. Lay now, Tim Lay, or does what does he do? Is he, is he like, do you guys still have weekly meetings? or We do, yeah. We see Tim weekly, if not if not more often. Okay. So, and uh, are they going to replace Annie or over in 
region three, I think, or? Uh, I think that's what the goal is to apply, hire somebody soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. <clears throat> so those are, those are, those of you, you know, that'd be kind of good to get somebody else that's been in the system to come in like Stephanie Taylor Silva. So looks like there's a position. You can be looking for that position going forward. <laughs> Anything else we need to talk about today, guys, that you can think of? Let's let you have some open time. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Well, come see us. I mean, I just encourage people to come, you know, talk to us and when they're checking in, either our, our district or whenever we have uh, reentry specialists in every district. So don't be afraid about law enforcement. We're, we're making a uh, positive change and just uh, there to help, not just incarcerate. So also, too, you're sitting in the desert and let's say your case manager is not necessarily being as supportive because they're busy, they're overrun. Uh, write, a, write a request to have a... Uh, an interview with a reentry specialist because I'm worried about my transition. Those are the kinds of things they could do, right? They can. Uh, if if you feel you'd benefit uh, from a reentry specialist, uh, get with your case manager. There's actually an application you can fill out and uh, and see if um, you can land on one of our caseloads. If not, uh, definitely come see us when you get out. Um, we'll we'll do what we can to help you. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. Thank this you, is Mark. fun. I know, serious, it was fun. Yep, and like you, I Mark. said, uh, if you told me uh, 11 years ago this is what I'd be doing, I would have told you you're crazy. But uh, it's working out well, and these gentlemen, as well as myself, are trying to make things uh, better for you as you follow us, you follow me, out of incarceration, come back into the community. And if uh, there's something we can do, I'm going to let you know my contact information in just a second. Thank you guys again for coming. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm. There's victory All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free When he poured out his cleansing blood Motivated by his great love Give me faith I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome Okay, so, like I said, if you need to reach out to me, I'm pretty easy to reach. It's www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofido. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call me on the phone if you want to at area code 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.